0: Colin Anthony to the podcast he joins the show. Colin, what's going on, man? Appreciate you taking the time.
2: Hey, what's up? How are you guys?
0: I'm doing fantastic, man. I appreciate you asking. So let's get right into it, man. I, I, I Again, my mind goes back to the conversation that we had over the summer where we're talking about this Missouri football team, the prospects of it, the quarterback situation, which we'll get into in just a second. Take me through it, though. How surprised, if at all, were you – Watching Missouri this year, and then the dust settles 10-2, and 6-2 and two in conference. How surprised, how impressed were you with the job that Eli Drinkwitz did this season?
2: Very impressed. Um, I think uh, if you are a listener to our show, you know that me and my co-host uh, were not high on uh, Brady Cook. Um, I-, I called uh, Cody Schrader a placeholder. You know what I mean? Like, I... He was a fine little running back, you know, but I didn't look at him as somebody who was going to be an All-American, and um, you know, was happy to eat crow. Um, it, it became very apparent as the season went on that Cody Schrader and the offensive line were more than just you know okay; they were good, they were really good, and they were, uh, and they showed it against in, in t- games like Tennessee where they just ran over people and um, Brady Cook plays efficiently. He got the ball down the field. He threw with accuracy. Um, he's got that all-important element for a college quarterback, in my opinion. He's got legs. You know, he can he can run for a first down. He can scramble around. They're a dynamic team on offense, and a lot of that credit goes to Kirby Moore because Drinkwitz certainly didn't have them looking like this before he had an offensive coordinator. Uh, but they just continue to get better. The defense, I think, really turned a corner after the LSU game. Um, You know, Missouri was in that game most of the way, and I think um, they really got burned by sort of dropping into soft zones and sort of trying to keep things in front of them. And uh, that had been one page in the D-book, and the other page had been just, you know, putting putting your corners on an island and bringing the heat. And I didn't see a lot of soft zones after that LSU game because I think they went back and looked at the tape and said, you know what, we we gave Jaden Daniels too many opportunities. He's too good a quarterback. To just sort of let him sit back there and, and try to pick apart his zone, and after that they never looked back it was it was pressure all the time they had really you know rake and ennis are as good a pair of cornerbacks as you're going to have and so they had the talent to do that they had the ability to to kind of let the those um, d-backs sit on the island and they could really bring pressure they could bring linebackers um the line just in general without you know blitz pressure played really well so the defense played well, which we expected to. It didn't – in the early – in the season, we were a little bit concerned. We had overestimated what they were going to be. But as uh, the uh, the season moved on, they proved to be pretty stout. And then the offense was just a tremendous pleasant surprise. I mean, um, you know, you go into Twitter and people are telling you how they'd wreck your team. And I'm just like, man, anybody that's seen this – that has watched this Mizzou football team does not be like we would wreck this team. I remember uh, Louisville giving us a lot of, a lot of uh, grief. When they Missouri and and Louisville were kind of fighting for that uh, January sixth bid, and I'm like, man, I've watched Louisville and I've watched Missouri, and I'm gonna tell you what, <gasps> Cody Schrader and this offensive line would absolutely pumble you. You do not want this. You do not want the smoke. But luckily they lost, and the so I don't have to listen to their lip anymore. There's still a little lip coming out of uh, Old Miss and uh, places like that, but. OU is a little bit salty. Uh, They've they become a feeder school for Missouri. I don't know if you've heard, but um, anyway, so that's that's got them a little upset. But uh, it was a great season. I mean, it's a it's a season we'll remember. And I know we've talked about it on our show. Uh, we hope that it represents a permanent change of residence for Mizzou. You know, I know that your listeners uh, got upset when I referred to Missouri and South Carolina and Kentucky and these teams as middling. We're just sort of living in this middle of the packs SEC East. And where you, you don't want to stay there. You, you're always wanting to get break breakout. And this season was a breakout season for Mizzou, and now the test is can Drinkowitz sustain it? Is this just a, one of those breakout years, those sort of anomalies that we all love, or is this something that we can sustain on a consistent level?
0: Now, Colin, you mentioned Cody Schrader, the offensive line. I want to talk about the quarterback position, though, Brady Cook, because, I mean, I, I remember, again, vividly, you and I talking about <laughs> Sam Horn over the summer mm-hmm. and – should he be Who? the starter? What? Yeah. <laughs> Will he win the starting job? Uh, Brady Cook, over 3,000 yards passing, 20 touchdowns, five picks. Where do you feel like he took the greatest steps forward, and where did he make the greatest stride to turn in the player that he became this season?
2: For me, um, accuracy. I mean, I saw him deliver balls into windows, which was – you know, when you really break down the college game, a lot of times the the, the wide receivers making these catches are – wide open you know high school wide open a lot of times and um brady cook threw with an accuracy that i didn't know that he had and um i think a lot of his success comes down to you know a very successful run game and then an offense that was just a lot more open than it had been in the past i mean it's it's hard to uh, put up gaudy statistics when you're running bubble screens and you know wide receiver screens and you know there's not there wasn't much there and the offense, and it, it opened up, and, and he had a lot more arm strength than I gave him credit for. He got the ball down a field, he threw with accuracy. I think that was uh, his biggest step forward and just plain old confidence. I mean, I didn't, I saw a guy out there who, while, you know, myself and many of the fan base man doubted him, he never seemed to doubt himself. He walked out there, sort of had, uh, you know, what do you going to call it, swagger or, or confidence, whatever. But uh, he seemed to believe he had what it take, uh, took to lead this team, and he obviously did.
1: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Now, Colin, as you look at this season, was there a moment for you where you knew it was going to be a special year for Mizzou? And I think back to the Kansas State game, I think that was a... A really good sign, obviously, what was it, the 61-yarder, I think, to, to win that football game. The LSU game was a close loss, so I don't know that in an L you're really looking at it as, okay, this is, this is going to be a 10-win football team. I mean, you had the big win at Kentucky, middle of October, trounced South Carolina at home. Uh, was there a moment for you specifically where you thought to yourself, okay, this team is way better than me or anyone else around me thought they were going to be?
2: Yeah, I'd say that moment for me came at at Kentucky. They lost to LSU, but honestly, when they lost to LSU, I wasn't convinced the LSU was that good. I knew they were a good football team, but I was like, I I was a little on the fence with LSU. But we got down fast, fourteen points to Kentucky, and that's something that would have derailed this team uh, in other seasons. You know, that would have just been the we would have not recovered from that, and we got a touchdown on a fake punt, and then we marched down the field and then scored again, and it, we just never looked back. I mean, Kentucky didn't have an answer. We just dominated the line of scrimmage and just kind of pummeled them. And then we rolled in the South Carolina and we pummeled them and then we, we pummeled Tennessee. And, but Kentucky was the moment where I, was, I, I just watched our team be dominant on a level that, you know, Kentucky just was not in our weight class. And, um, and so I, I thought something special is going on here. And then we roll it into South Carolina and it was just like, wow, we, these teams are again unfortunately a little bit middling, and Mizzou is not middling right now. They are they are taking these teams to the woodshed, um, and it was sure uh, enjoyable as a fan to watch.
0: Colin, what gives you confidence moving forward that, you know, you, you talked about now the challenge is how do you follow it up, right? You're only as good as your last game, your last season, whatever. What gives you confidence that moving forward into the new SEC, the expansion, adding Texas and OU, a 12-team college ball playoff, right? Missouri would have been in. What gives you supreme confidence that this won't be a one-off season and that Eli Drinkwitz is building something where winning nine or ten games, if not more, a season is something that will happen on a more consistent basis?
2: Well, I don't know that I believe it yet. Um, the next year certainly looks good. Uh, I mean, because we're going to have Cook back. Um, we got, we're going to have Northfleet, who is, was a freshman this year as a tight end and looks like he might be, you know, all SEC kind of caliber player um there's just a lot of talent coming back we're losing some stuff on defense but the recruiting continues to be good which I think is what really is what sustains you in that you know change of residence um and uh you know what Caden Green just transferred from OU he's got three years of eligibility we just picked up uh, that Crutchfield kid who's a wide receiver four star out of Arkansas we should mention we have the number one recruit uh out of Arkansas um, for football and basketball right now so um uh, we're enjoying that uh, but you know who wants to go to a, you know a school like Arkansas frankly but anyway <laughs> it's uh, it's recruiting it's recruiting 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 i i've said it on our show a hundred times i want a coach to be great at the excellence of those it's great i love them to be good at the podium but the the top three criteria that a coach has to to uh, check in the boxes i'm concerned about is recruiting recruiting and recruiting and um if you don't have talent you can't win ball games it's about the jimmies and joes not the x's and o's a lot of times i, I don't like that phrase really because it discounts the x and o's a little too much for me but the, the point is is like when you have luther Burden, when you have cook when you have schrader um you see what happens you've got 10 win seasons you're playing on january 1st people are talking about um, a resurgence for your program and so if we're going to sustain this and i hope that we do it's going to be through recruiting and so far drink which looks like he's keeping that train on the tracks
0: the spurs up show is brought to you by our friends over at twisted tea are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience check out twisted tea your go-to game day beverage for college football fans twisted tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before it's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with five percent alcohol Create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S P or S U P for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, Colin, speaking of that bowl game against Ohio State upcoming, obviously a, a massive opportunity, and maybe two programs that are looking at this game. A little bit differently, right? We have to talk about motivation factor when we talk about bowl games. I, you know, and I like I like Mizzou in this game because I think on the Ohio State side, right, their quarterback is opted out. They've got opt outs in their football team. Ohio State's Ohio State, and their goal was mm-hmm. to get to the playoff and win a national title. And uh, oh, by the way, they're playing a really, really good Missouri team. But so they're combating all of that on field, off field. Missouri, on the other hand. What a win over Ohio State would do, get an 11th win, put that exclamation point on this season and really launch a 2024 and set up what I think most Tiger fans hope is a run at the college ball playoff. Your overall outlook on this game, your feeling going in this game, I mean, again, Missouri, it sounds like, is it full force? The portal hasn't really affected them all that much, if at all, and it sounds like to me, Colin, that Eli Drinkwitz's team is is definitely set up for success in this one. And, and I'm picking Mizzou to win the football game. So, your overall feeling on the matchup and the game itself?
2: Well, I mean, I think Mizzou um, should win the game just from a motivational standpoint. Ohio State's, you know, they're, they, they, they're a lot of players aren't playing. We get it. Uh, but in Mizzou, like I said, we've been a middling program. We've sort of lived in that sort of wash in the middle. Uh, And so when a team like Mizzou gets to come up and uh, get an opportunity to take a shot at the blue blood, I think that's a lot of motivation. It's certainly a lot of motivation for me if I was playing. Like, who doesn't want to club Ohio State? You know, The other matchup I was looking at was Penn State. Man, I'd love to club Penn State. And um, I think it would have been a good game if Ohio State would have brought their whole roster. I I think they're going to run into the same thing, yes, with Mizzou that the sec did and they're going to maybe overlook this team a little bit Talk about, Oh, it's just Mizzou. And then they're going to run into Cody Schrader in this offensive line and let the clubbing begin. Um, so, I mean, at least that's what I'm hoping. Um, there's even, you know, Cody Schrader put up 112 yards against Georgia and and probably should have had more if we committed to the more to the run LSU couldn't handle Cody Schrader. I mean, these are, you know, blue bloods as well. And so I don't know why, you know, I should, we should be intimidated by Ohio state, especially when their roster um, has been depleted so uh, we're looking forward to it and I think Mizzou fans like I said I I get it listen I'm, I'm a realist as a fan I understand that Ohio State has a great big history a much bigger history than Mizzou and so their fans live in a different neighborhood the neighborhood we would like to move into where if we're not going to the playoffs we really care and but Mizzou does care you're a blue blood and we want to you know crush you you want to pop your head like a zit and that's that's what we're looking to do and I I think that's the sentiment that there's is in the locker room right now
0: Colin you mentioned recruiting of course the portal has kind of taken some of the some of the the flavor out of national signing day if you will which is tomorrow but Mm recruiting is the lifeblood of any great program as well as the portal adding talent into your program bottom line how do you feel about it right now Missouri sits 13th in the SEC in recruiting this is obviously factoring in as well Texas and Oklahoma So 13th out of 16 teams. Colin, you know as well as I do. What's interesting, though, is you can have the 13th best class in the SEC and be ranked 19th nationally, right? So it's kind of like ignore the national rankings. Look at the SEC rankings more so. But, again, Mizzou 13th right now just picked up, like you mentioned, the big offensive line from Oklahoma in the portal. Uh, You know, they've gotten some difference makers in the portal. You talked about it, so I'll ask you. Your overall feelings right now on recruiting the portal and overall just talent acquisition for Eli Drinkwitz?
2: I'm I'm sort of unworried. I mean, we lost out on some stuff yesterday that I think we we thought we might get, but we're recruiting at a level then uh, that we haven't before, and we're shopping in aisles we couldn't afford to shop in before, and um, so I think our merely our presence on that stage, you know, that four and five star player stage, is is an improvement, and we have consistently brought in talent. Like so, we got a couple of guys. We haven't got as much as we'd like, but. I don't know. We've never, I think as a Mizzou fan, we're conditioned not to be too hung up on the ranking systems because when we have good teams, they're usually built of three stars. You know, the vast majority is developmental talent. We brought them into three stars. Maybe they were undersized coming out of school or they were raw and needed some coaching up. But, you know, when you're a, a program like Mizzou, that's sort of where you, the neighborhood you live in when it comes to recruiting and drink is sort of, you know, burgeoning on busting through that ceiling uh, of of not sort of your roster not being completely comprised of you know three stars and then a sprinkling in a, a few four and fives here I think the I think on the whole over the next few years you're gonna we've already seen it that Mizzou's gonna have more and more stars in their roster but you know like I said it, it it's got a, it's a year in year out deal I think Mizzou has a lot of heat right now I think everything's coming up Mizzou football I think Drink Drinkwitz is winning awards uh, we're ten win season um, I think it's a a good look to be stealing players from OU and Arkansas. It, it's, um, you know, they're, they're rivals, uh, at least in geographically, whether they would want to admit that or not. So that's always nice. Um, God, our, our Twitter has just been great. I mean, it has just been a cesspool of Arkansas, or Arkansas and Oklahoma and Mizzou, just yelling and screaming at each other. I don't really get involved in it. I, uh, it's just like, I can't believe we're doing you guys are, how much time do you have on your hands? But, um, uh, it, I, I, it is a guilty pleasure to go in there and just watch OU fans get clubbed. I, I will say that.
0: A- admittedly, I was going to say, Colin. You know, we we have uh, our good friend John Neighbors on the show from time to time. <laughs> uh, I, it, it's always fun to watch you guys go go back and forth with uh with John with his you know, with, with the way that his sec media days comments went somewhat mini viral or viral, whatever. Yeah. I'm really happy that I was able to keep the level headed at sec media days when I actually gave <laughs> Missouri a lot of credit and just said that, Hey, if you lose every year, it's not how football works. You can't proclaim you're the mm-hmm. dominant program. If you have a four yeah. or five game losing streak and John took the other approach and, and Missouri late took, took Arkansas to the woodshed. So it, it's been fun yeah. watching, uh, Watching y'all go back
2: and forth. That well, I fun. think I think it's you know w- Missouri has always we before we were in the SEC we lived in in the uh, Big Twelve and we dealt with the Oklahomas and the Texases of the world and um, you know now we're in the SEC and we deal with other storied programs. The the difference that I find in the SEC from our Big Twelve days is that while Georgia and Alabama rightly have hold high opinions of themselves, there's so many teams in this conference that have no history of success especially sustained success, who will just look down you and be like, oh, oh my, you plebs. And it's like, what are you talking about? old miss, who are you? You know, what, what universe have you lived in Arkansas? Arkansas may be the worst of the bunch. It's just a bunch of John neighbors is I don't know what seasons they have watched. I don't remember any of these seasons. Like, I don't know, it's delusional. It's straight up delusional. I know who Mizzou is. Mizzou's a middling program who jumps up and bites people in the butt once in a while. That's what we are. I hope we become more than that, but that's what we are. And I feel like most of the Mizzou fans I talk to sort of share that reality. Uh, But ever since we come to the sec, I mean, like Peyton Manning has been retired for 10 years, Tennessee. Like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's kids in college watching this football team get, just bludgeoned by Mizzou, who don't remember who Pate Manning is. You know, like, it's been a while. Let's let's come back to reality a little bit.
0: Colin says, bring back self-awareness for a lot of these <laughs> That's guys right. Group. Let's make self-awareness great again, he says. Uh, Colin, before we get you out of here, let's look ahead to 2024. The slate is officially out. I got to say, it sets up pretty well for the Tigers, man. I mean, obviously, you mentioned who they're going to bring back. It's led by Brady Cook, but the schedule starts out – Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College, Vandy. Those are the first four games, and then you get a bye week. Mizzou should be 4-0. Is that too much? Then you got Texas A&M in College Station, but with a first-year coach. UMass. That's that's,
2: that's a Faroe uh, South, though. You don't got to worry about that.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Faroe South. Um in conversation. Am I reading this correctly? That UMass is in UMass? Amherst? Is it up there? Is that right? I
2: haven't actually looked at the schedule that closely. It says yeah.
0: UMass, I, I think it is at their place, which would be a very interesting non-con game. Either way, though, uh Auburn and Como, Alabama and Tuscaloosa is a tough one. By week, yeah. you got Oklahoma and Como, which is going to be a blast. Obviously, like you mentioned, throwback to the big 12 days. Uh, South Carolina in the other Columbia, Mississippi State in Starkville, and then Arkansas in Como. Your overall feelings on the 2024 schedule and just how it shakes out or how it sets up for Missouri. I mean, I think with a 12-team college football playoff incoming and with the pieces you'll have returning, the pieces you're adding through recruiting in the portal, I'd have to imagine the building block, building off 2023 is it's college football playoff robust in 2024, right? I mean, is that is that asking too much or is that fair?
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, I certainly think it's the expectation the fan base is going to carry. Um, considering what's coming back, consider like you said, the, the schedule seems to, to set up well, but, you know, nobody would have picked Mizzou to have the season it did before this started. And there's inevitably going to be somebody on that schedule for next year that is going to be having that same sort of season. Maybe you'll be lucky at South Carolina, but there's going to be somebody that you look at on that schedule that as we look at it now, doesn't uh, sound like a, a big game that will end up being one. But I think it's realistic to expect another 10 win season now, whether that gets you to the playoffs, it will depend on the who comprises that 10 wins. But um, I think that Mizzou certainly is – this is as good a chance as they're going to have uh, in, in a while probably. Um, they're going to be coming in. It's the first year. They have a great team. You know, there's just such an ebb and flow to college football and the recruiting. You just never know when you're going to get these opportunities. And I hope that the coaches can impart to these kids how what an opportunity this is. Like we're going to – We're a team that can get to the playoff system. And once you're in the playoffs, who knows? It's it's been far too long to get to this 12-man playoff. I I, I've been frustrated since I read the book The Death to the BCS all those years ago. And I was just like, I can't believe they can't figure this out. The the NFL's been doing this for years. It's called, you know, it's playoffs. It's fine. It's easy. Somebody's already figured it out. That's the same with the NIL money. But like, what are we gonna do about this money? The NCAA is project, you know, proposing these ridiculous plans. It's like Have you heard of the salary cap? It's this thing that the professional sports teams have. You could have one conceivably and then sort of level the playing field. Um, But college football doesn't work that way. There's a bunch of old white guys in a room, I assume, chewing on cigars, being like, we can't do that. We got to play at the Rose Bowl. Uh, I don't know. But it's uh, it's. College football, I think, is finally moving into what it truly is—a professional sport. The players getting paid. There's a playoff system. There's a—you know—there's free agency, which we call the portal, but let's—it's free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and when any sports entity makes as much money as college football does, it ceases to be anything mm-hmm. but a professional sport.
0: Colin Anthony of the Mazadcast. Colin, it's always a pleasure, man. Congratulations to you and Mizzou on a fantastic season. Best of luck against Ohio State and look forward to chatting with you more in 2024, my man. It's always great stuff. Yep. Have a good one. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. We'll talk soon.